and online at 960thebull.com. Your home for CBS Sports Radio, WRNS Kinston, Sports Talk 960, The Bull. CBS Sports Radio. Welcome to Hour 2 of the Brian Hanks Show, presented by Lenore Community College. I am Brian Hanks. This is the Brian Hanks Show. Today is June the 13th, Tuesday, June the 13th in the year of the Lord 2023. This is episode 879 of uh the show uh it's hour two of 879 uh if you missed our first hour you missed i think it was a pretty fun what did you think michael martin i thought that was a pretty fun hour with richard pr- pretty solid pretty solid it, it was it was a lot of fun man we talked about a ton of stuff but primarily by the nba finals uh, the nba season is over dude um it's now we're going into that long, dark summer of, uh, and I like Major League Baseball, and I love, and you do too. You love going out to Down East Wood Ducks games. I, I do, know I you do. do. Going to be hey, there. Going to be there tonight. There you go. Well, we, I won't be there tonight. Now I'll be there tomorrow and pretty much the rest of the week. It looks like, but, uh, but it is. I, I'm a basketball fan. The NBA is probably behind college basketball. In the NFL, it's my third favorite sport, dude. So, I mean, when when the NBA is over, there is a, a little bit of depression. No more depression than there is for Richard Clark, though. And uh, we talked to him in our first hour, the news director of the Carteret County News Times, CarolinaCoastOnline.com. And uh, he, uh, you could hear it in his voice. The season is over for him. What is that for you? Because I, I, now college basketball is that way for me. I talked about it in the first hour that, Michael, when, the, when college, when they're playing one shining moment, I don't know. It's like I'm predisposed. Some tears will start welling up, and I'm not even exaggerating. Every year I'm this way, and it's like, Dad, doggone it! You know, here it is, first of April. It's going to be eight months. You know, seven and a half, eight months. It, it gets me down every year. I'm not even that way with the Super Bowl, and I'm really not. Well, the Super Bowl's different. The Super Bowl's different because your yeah, spring training is starting for baseball. Um, and, and basketball's in full swing. I think the, you know, the problem with the layout of the professional sports scheduling is, you know, you've had the, while the NBA is in full swing, you have the end of NFL, you have the NFL draft, you have NFL free agency. And so there's a bit of a doldrum between, you know, now and, you know, summer camps and, um, and, and NFL preseason. Yeah. Roger Goodell. Yeah. And today we'll talk a lot about, um, commissioners in professional sports. Um, but you know, Roger Goodell for all his flaws and gosh knows, I mean, you know, you talk about booze, you know, the booze that, that Roger Goodell gets at the NFL draft. Thank goodness for Jay Monahan that there's no PGA draft coming up because, I mean, there would be a bounty on his head uh, considering what he's just done um, well, I, we are with gonna, the merger, non-merger, We're going in and shoulders deep on that, dude. Not but, just ankle deep, not just butt deep. <laughs> We are going to. I want you to break that down here in a moment. But so, continue. So, but you know, I I do. I think that you know, you you, the and the one thing that I think the NBA does really wisely is the way they. I mean, I think the NBA draft is next the twenty second. I think it it's within the next yeah. week or two. So I think that's a wise move by the NBA. 
you've still got the excitement of the season and you know with the personalities in the NBA you've got guys who um were not involved in playing in the NBA finals that made themselves relevant with you know Kyrie Irving uh Damian Lillard um you know it, and the NBA with having their draft so soon after the finals, I think is a is a you know it keeps the the fans excited because you're going to pivot right off what I would consider to be not a great NBA finals in in terms of the quality of basketball and competition a but b also you know if you're if you're Adam Silver you know you're like golly. Miami and Denver. I mean, <laughs> when it could have been the Lakers and the Celtics, those which, were the I other mean, two gosh, no, That there, was, yeah. you know, I mean, I think we all <laughs> were hoping for that just for the historic value, and and then you know you can you can play the um, you know LeBron's historic relevance. I mean, I, you know, I heard you guys talking, and um, you know, LeBron James is going to go down as a top, you know probably easily top five probably well i got him number four right yeah now. I, I, and, uh, and i think Rich that's even fair. Has him number two i think that's fair yeah um but you know he's gonna go down as a top five player in terms of a national consensus and i think his his historic relevance would have been fun to look at that in um in the scope of the historic franchises i mean uh, of the nba you you can sh- you can throw the Bulls in there, and I mean those are the three probably most historic franchises in in NBA history, and you know probably easily three of the top players when you look at you know Jordan, Magic, and Bird. Yeah, I agree. Well, I I'll tell you my top five. I'll give you Richard's top five, which are pretty similar. I had Jordan one. I mean, I just don't think there's ever going to well, be, I mean, yeah. But I have both of us had Kareem second, who is now the the second all time leading scorer in NBA history. One, dude, he won oh it, five well, championships, six championships, and I he think, does total. himself such a disservice by you know, yeah. he's chosen to stay out of the spotlight and live a relatively quiet life. I was really surprised how um, his presence with LeBron breaking the record. I. I it would not have surprised me at all if he wasn't even there yeah. just because that's been sort of the stance that he's taken post NBA career. And it's really, it's, it's been his MO. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, and he was a quiet superstar when he played. And unfortunately for me, by the time I got to the age of watching, you know, NBA basketball, I mean, he could barely run down the court. It was heartbreaking to watch him at the end of his career. I mean, because you could see the want to, mm-hmm. um, but it, it just wasn't there anymore, sadly. I have Bill Russell three. I mean, it's hard to argue a guy that won, what, 10 championships in an 11-year span and did all. Now, bear in mind, it was an eight-team NBA at the time as yeah. opposed to the 30-team NBA it is now, but still just – and Bill yeah. Russell's an interesting so something uh I I wish that uh you guys could have talked about it with Richard earlier, but five NBA players have won 
NCAA basketball championships and then the NBA championship the next season, uh, Braun, uh, I think it was Braun is, is the kid from, um, that was on the Nuggets who was on Kansas's team last year. Oh, wow. Bill Russell was one of them. Magic Johnson. Magic Johnson. Henry Bibby, who I only knew because he was Mike Bibby's dad. But, um, and then I can't remember who the fifth was, wow. but I read that this morning. Um, but, you know, I, I like NBA basketball okay. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's a star-driven league, yeah. and when there are captivating stories, yeah, I was a Jordan fan, and then post-Jordan, I, I don't like the style of basketball that's played today. I mean, you know. You mean 50% of the shots that are fired up are three-pointers? You yeah, don't like and that? it's just, you know, there's no <laughs> continuity to it, in my opinion, but that's, you know, that that's personal preference, and yeah. that has nothing to do with, uh, the athletes are amazing. I mean, I had a a really great conversation with a coworker yesterday about you know a guy like Zion Williamson. I mean, you know what what becomes of that kid? I mean, and how have you heart- been keeping up with that? Yeah, and yeah. how heartbreaking is it? And yeah, you know, I heard Tim Legler yesterday saying, you know, the difficulty in in evaluating a guy like Zion Williamson, who is, I mean, he's huge. It, I mean, physically, you know, six eight, six ten, somewhere in that neighborhood, but you know, weighs in the neighborhood of three hundred pounds. Um, and yeah, and and what Legler was saying is like, you know, it's so hard to debate, you know, recovery from injury when a guy who has a an injury that will cost him two to three weeks, but he gains, you know, thirty to forty pounds in those two to three weeks. So at the end of the three weeks, physically, he's unable to come back. And the impact of a guy that size, you know, it, it's just. By the way, only 6'6". Six, six. When you really? said 6'8 or 6'10, that threw me off. Yeah, dude, he's listed at 6'6". Six, six. He has a 40-inch vertical. I mean, oh, yeah. you know, in terms of. Oh, the, he's a beast. In he terms just... of the physics of that, it, it's, you know, it's got to be one of the great improbabilities. But as I said yesterday, if you're New Orleans, I mean, I'd do everything in my power to get rid of him. I mean, he signed a huge contract. And so between his health and his contract, he's going to be an asset that's hard to – he's going to be a hard hard asset to move. But in the way – in terms of the way sports work today, you know, you don't get – a second chance. I mean, the Panthers named Bryce Young as their starting quarterback this week. Why? Because if you're the general manager, if you poo the bet on this one, you don't get to make another pick. That's true. That's so, true. But so, don't you think the reason why New Orleans might not trade Zion is FOMO, fear of missing out that. Say they trade him to the Knicks. I, that's the, the destination I hear. Sure, yeah. He goes to the Knicks, and he becomes the player that we all thought he was going to be. You know, I mean, and then New Orleans is sitting there going, "Man, why did we trade a what player?" Could have been? Yeah, yeah, I mean, exactly. It, it's it, it's a conundrum, and but at at the same time, if I'm sitting where New Orleans is sitting with C.J. McCollum and Brandon Ingram, and thinking, you know, we're a draft pick and a piece away from being, you know, really relevant. I agree. Do with you that. think you can stake 
your reputation and your future on the health of a guy. Yeah, I, I think that the risk reward is is a little clumsy, and I really think that even in his best NBA shape, I don't know that Zion Williamson is a piece that with Ingram and McCollum. Well, they've already shown that, uh, and this is not a slight towards Brandon. It's not a slight towards Zion, really, but they're just not a good match together. Mm -hmm. They're just, I mean, they are as disparate as their, I guess you could say their personalities and even their body makeup is, Mike, they they just their contributions together are not that great, and maybe that is something. So well, who I do think, you bring in? Who do you trade if you're New Orleans? Who do you trade Zion? Who do you attempt to trade Zion for? I mean, I think if you send him to New York and you get Julius Randle and uh, I'm not that familiar with the Knicks. Well, I mean, I think if you got if it, like if you got R.J. Barrett and Julius Randle, I don't know that that is a possibility, but. You know, you put CJ at the one, Barrett, Ingram on the wings, and then you've got Randall. And, yeah, I always thought that uh, the kid that they drafted out of Texas, the center Jackson, um, they drafted him when he was, I mean, super young. I mean, it was after his freshman year, but he was really young. Like, I think that's a – it's a fun lineup, and I think – now in the NBA, you know, a fun lineup is what you're looking for. But, yeah, I think the style of play that the NBA offers now, I think when Zion Williams was drafted, he, to me, had the look of an athletic, a more athletic Charles Barkley. I mean, wow. undersized. something because Barkley uh, was an athlete. Well, yeah, yeah right. But, but Barkley, again – you know, in his later years, you know, played a little bit different game. But, you know, you don't really have the post player, the traditional style post player, i.e. what you saw over, you know, the last, you know, week to ten days with, you know. Jokic. Jokic, man. man. He is. I mean, dad bod representing i'm so pumped about this summer i can you know take my shirt off and be proud because uh i look like Jokic. nicole Jokic there you repping. go let's Dude, uh let's we've, talk done, golf. Say, we've done 15 minutes on nba I know, man. How about that? uh i tell you what before we jump into it let me thank though our title or our exclusive sponsor of the big interview it's unc lenore Healthcare. thank you to all the folks over there at unc lenore Healthcare for being the exclusive sponsor of the big interview Nestled in the heart of Lenore County, right here in Kenston, UNC Lenore Healthcare's mission is to ensure exceptional health care for the people it serves. With a medical staff of more than 100 physicians, UNC Lenore Healthcare offers a range of specialty services and technology you would only expect to find in hospitals in larger cities. Visit UNC Lenore Healthcare at 100 Airport Road, right here in Kenston, for all your health care needs. Or call them at 252 522 7000. You can also email them at info at Lenore.org or visit their comprehensive website at unclenore.org. And again, thank you, thank you, thank you so much to uh, UNC Lenore Healthcare, Beverly Jenkins, all the folks down there for being the exclusive sponsor of the big interview. We're going to get back into it just here in a moment, but we want to thank all our day one sponsors, LCC, UNC Lenore Healthcare. You're going to hear about GoEco Office Automation here in uh, about 20 minutes or so with the birthday game. Uh, Spence Automotive, Woodman Life, Arundel Parrot Academy, the Kinston Police Department, the Down East Wood Ducks, and then all our other sponsors. We really do 
appreciate every single one of them. But again, let's get back to our big interview brought to you by UNC Lenore Healthcare. And yes, I want to talk some uh, some U.S. Open, which is at the L.A. Country Club this week. But the news that just came out of nowhere, Mike Martin, that I did not anticipate happening. You're like how I have all my other experts. Paul Whittington's my NASCAR expert. Richard Clark's my NBA expert. You really are our uh, golf expert, dude. You know more about it than anybody that I know. How blown away or were you blown I, away by this PGA Live Tour thing that came out last week? You could have. <laughs> yeah, it, it was unbelievable. And I, I genuinely could not have anticipated what took place. I think like most people, and, and full disclosure, full disclosure, I have tried to watch the Live Golf um on the CW, on tele, on the CW, <laughs> and 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 what I really equate it to is, um, for you know more traditional, more uh, intense golf fans who've watched European tour events or the DP as it's called now, um, on the Golf Channel, you know, in the mornings on Saturdays and Sundays, the 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 quality of the cinemat- cinematography, the, um, and it, yeah, it, it's, it, it's, it was just odd. And I mean, you know, it, people will make fun of me. My wife makes fun of me, you know, with some regularity about, you know, wearing pants on the golf course, but I mean, it's pants for pros. I mean, that's what it is. It's pants for pros. You go out at any club, most anywhere, um, my buddy Rob Farmer over at Greenville Country Club, um, you know Jeremy Shadle here in Kinston. You go to the cl- you go to a club and you see the group go off, and I can assure you that if the professional is playing in the group, he's wearing pants. It, it it's it's how you differentiate pros from schmoes, mm-hmm. and I'm a schmo, tickled to death to be one. <laughs> Um, but you know, it, it was mind blowing because if you watched it on the CW and you followed the coverage, it, it was, it, it seemed like the live tour was on life support. I think that if you, even with all the money that was being poured into it, it was on life support. Well, but here's the thing about pouring money into something. So the the Saudi group that poured money, what it, it's the Saudi investment group that poured the money into it, are investors. Well, if you're not seeing a return on your investment, then yes, that's life support. So for Jay Monahan, who is the um. He, he is the commissioner of the PGA Tour to engage in, and, and, and it's very, the, the wording is incredibly vague because initially it was presented as a merger between the DP Tour, which is the European Tour, the PGA Tour, and not live golf between the Saudi investment group, which they own live golf. So that would be, um, presumed 
The other interesting part is the face of the live tour prior to um, play beginning and and the players being uh, compiled was Greg Norman, who is most famously known as the Australian golfer who couldn't win a major and, you know, had a complete collapse um several, not just at the, once, ma- but several at, but times, at the yeah. masters you know with yeah. uh was it nick price um but it's it, the oddity is greg norman had been the face and greg norman had has had a um sort of a an axe to grind with the pga tour for decades he this is not the first time that he had tried to present and pursue an alternative to the PGA tour and and failed. So the part that I think for me, I really have an issue with, and, and I don't know that, that there's not the potential for a lawsuit is you have guys like, Tiger's a poor example because of his age and and hit the condition of his of his health. But um Hideki Matsuyama, who's a player that I mean, he's one of the masters. He's probably the most recognized athlete in Asia. Um golf is huge in Asia. Um and he is a Shrixon player, which I was shocked to find out this week that Shrixon is actually the largest company in golf. In in North America, we identify with Titleist and Callaway and TaylorMade and you know, now PXG. But Shrixon is, from my understanding, um, the largest company in golf because it's geared towards Asia. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as as North Americans and Americans, uh, you know, and, and I'm a, you know, proud, you know, like I'm a big fan of the United States. I yeah. love it. Yeah. And yeah, I'm excited about this week because this is our national championship for golf. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, Hideki Matsuyama, the original number I heard was $750 million. Um, through more research, I think it was probably closer to four hundred million dollars. But what I but what I've come to understand is Tiger Woods was offered the most money to go to live. Shockingly, I think to most people, Hideki Matsuyama was offered the second highest amount of money, which now my understanding is shocking to me is four hundred million dollars. But, and, and as a co-worker, James Hedgepath, one of the, uh, how would I describe him, James? James is like the oracle. Okay. Seriously, this dude that I work with, A, when it comes to Kinston basketball, brilliant. But, you know, he has some insight, and he's like, you know, he said, we view everything through our prism, what's important in the United States. But in totality, in a global sense, it, it, we don't like to admit to it, but if just by mass and population density, 
Asia drives the world market. China and Japan will drive the world market. India. I mean, you know, it's so Hideki Matsuyama's popularity worldwide would have been a really significant shift in the barometer for live. Um, but he stayed with the PGA. He though, stayed right? with the PGA. Yeah. And so if I'm Hideki Matsuyama 18 months ago, I could have put, I think the way that money was distributed was half up front. And then the other over the, over the course of time, but you know, that, I, mm, well, I let mean, me ask you this. Actually, uh, uh, a listener, Forrest Dawson, said, ask uh, M.M., I'm assuming that's uh, Michael Martin, uh, what the PGA Tour should do for the player. This perfectly leads into your what you were just talking about. What should This is, a, like I said, a question from Forrest Dawson. He said, ask M.M. what the PGA Tour should do for the players who stayed on the tour. So I think, and I think, I think personally, and I have heard that there will be some sort of equity stake made available to the players who committed. But the interesting part of that is, you know, at this point, when you've devalued your stock, which is what the PGA Tour did. Absolutely. um, When you devalue your stock, offering those who were committed to you equity in that is, you know, diminished goods. And so um, I, I think the battle was won. And the question coming out on the other side, and, you know, if I would be really interested to know what was the motivation. Because this came from nowhere. No, absolutely. It came from nowhere. And, um, you know, because when you look at the players who went to the Live Tour, and initially I was very – um, frustrated, for lack of a better word, disappointed. But when you start to look at, like, Brooks Kepka, Brooks Kepka had had significant health issues with his knee. And so from his perspective, at the time the option was offered, you know, you're weighing what potentially could come of your career versus the money that's being offered, and it's like, well, man, that kind of was a sensible choice. Um, and, and as I've said, and it, it probably um, stems from, you know, the purple and gold that I believe from my pirates. But, yeah, you know, I respected Harold Varner for coming out and saying, hey, look, it's about the money. You know, let me unmute myself here. And that's what he has Said from the jump. I mean, whereas right. all these other players, well, you know, we're I trying want to, to reform the, my game. Yeah, we're I trying to, to grow the sport. Yeah, exactly. Right. I mean, HV three has said the entire time it's transformational, multi generational money. I mean, yeah. he was given fifteen million dollars. Yeah, fifteen million dollars. So just to show up, whether right. he even right. w- ever won or scratched or anything. And 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 I'm happy to say he he has won on the live tour, and and I think he got an additional $4 million for that victory. Um, but, you know, it, it's okay to say it's for the money. Yeah. Do not try to sell a false bill of goods that you're doing this to grow the game. But another 
point that I think what you're about to see happen from this point going forward. So, if you are an outside entity and you are trying to become involved with professional sports, if you were to approach Roger Goodell, Adam Silver, or my gosh, I almost said Bud Selig. What's uh baseball commissioner? Um off the top of my head. I yeah, I just, I'll find it. Keep that, going. Keep going. Slip, but you know, you can't approach those three individuals because Rob Manfred. Rob Manfred, golly yeah. day. I well, mean dude, I had to look at it. The changes say. that he's yeah. made yeah. to that sport are monumental. Mm-hmm. But you can't go to those three commissioners and wedge your way into that sport because they answer to owners. Yeah. There are no owners in the PGA tour. I guess technically you could say the players are, but, 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 but the players don't vote to, yep, you know, it, it's, it's different in terms of that. There's a player's committee that advises but my understanding is they weren't privy to the information of this, whatever this is called it, because they because they've come out and said it's not a merger. But and from the perspective of the you know, from from Greg Norman's perspective as the flag bearer for the live tour, if if players are have the ability to float back and forth between playing live events, playing DP, you know, European tour events or PGA tour events. You know, I think in terms of notoriety, the bigger name players are going to want to play tour events to grow their um, notoriety. Mm -hmm. So what happens now is, you know, we devalue the PGA Tour in terms of the fact that, you know, it it's not the standalone moral high ground, but you've also devalued the live events because if I have, and John Rahm said it best, I think John Rahm, Spanish uh, golfer, um, just won the Masters. And when, you know, when he talked about his reasoning for remaining on the PGA Tour, you know, it's, you know, playing at Muirfield, playing at Jack's event, you know, going and playing in Arnold Palmer Invitational. The historic relevance of these events means something. Yeah. And so I, I feel like it, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. But going back to what I was saying about the three major sports – in terms of being able to infiltrate that from the outside. So what Jay Monahan has also done, the happiest people in the world, the day after the day this was announced, were owners of major professional sports teams because the value of those franchises went up exponentially when the idea that Saudi money is now in play in professional sports leagues in the United States. Wow. Mike Martin, uh, dude, we are getting up against it, and we've got to get uh, your thoughts on uh, the U.S. Open. So so quickly, yeah, yeah. the U.S. Open, 
I think this is going to be one of the most exciting U.S. Opens. Tell us about the venue because I'm so, not familiar with Los the Los Angeles Country Club, um, gosh, it's on Wilshire. I mean, Wilshire is, you know, I know nothing about California. I've never been to California. But, you know, Wilshire is one of the most famous um, streets in L.A. Uh, it it has not hosted a major a major golf tournament. Um, it there, there was professional golf tournaments played there in, gosh, I think as late as 40, in the 40s. Um, but not since the 50s has there been um, PGA Tour events hosted there. Um, so, why, okay, I'm going to interrupt so, you. Then why would so, you put an event? So, so the leadership of the club, um, I think in the late 90s, early 2000s, decided to pivot and to to try to be more influential within the city of Los Angeles, try to be more um uh instrumental in um in the game. And so they began a a push to host a, a US Open. Or uh, yeah, I think a PGA um championship would have probably been welcomed as well. Um in twenty fifteen was the announcement that Los Angeles Country Club would host the 2023 U.S. Open. Um, Gil Hance, who is, you know, probably the most renowned architect um, of golf courses right now. Gil Hance has done a redesign there to try to um, bring back uh, some of the – some of the nuances that that the original designer had in mind uh in preparation for the US Open they did host the um the 2017 Walker Cup which is sort of the amateur version of the Ryder Cup um members of that team uh Colin Morikawa Scotty Scheffler who I think now is world number 2 and um Will Zalatoris were members of that U.S. Walker Cup team that that won handily. Um, so they're probably, you know, Morikawa and Scheffler would be two guys who have some experience on that course, uh, Morikawa being a, California, a local California guy. I think a guy like Max Homa. Um, a little deeper dive, um, a California kid who is um, a, a super talented golfer in his own right. Um, you know, the the guys to watch this week, I, I think. But that's what I and that's what we'll wrap it up with. Who, so, who? so you know, Morikawa, yeah, California kid. Um, Max Home, as I said, Jordan Spieth. Jordan Spieth's got a wrist injury that's kind of hindered him a little bit. Um, McElroy, I think, and I think when you juxtapose the, what's taking place between the PGA and live tour and what's, what has been reflected on the golf course. So Rory McElroy was the defending champion at the RBC Canadian open, which took place last week. And one of the great finishes, one of the really great finishes, um, was that the 75 yard, 72 yard, 72 yard putt by Nick Taylor, native Canadian to win his national championship 
For the first time, a Canadian-born player had won the Canadian Open in over a hundred years. Wow! How cool is that? Well, I didn't. So, want, I'll admit, I didn't watch the whole thing, but I did see. You couldn't miss yeah. that. I mean, Sports Center showed it about a thousand times, right? And it was a four-hole playoff between Tommy Fleetwood, who is generally referred to as Golf Jesus, with that flowing hair and just a <laughs> you know great-looking dude, and Nick Taylor. And it was great because you have the Canadian players who had played in the tournament out on the sides watching you've got the european terrell hatton justin rose um and some of those guys and it had this very rider cup feel because i i gotta say i um our canadian kinston residents nolan my barber uh <laughs> rob and sandy skirving uh who are brilliant baseball <laughs> people by the way you yeah. know their son matt is um is the direct? Uh, I think the director of scouting for the Pittsburgh Pirates baseball wow. team. Great people, um, you know. It, like it, it was awesome, but you know. So Rory McIlroy has been really the spokesman for the PGA Tour versus Live. He has been the antithesis of what Phil Mickelson was, yeah. and he's really carried the burden of that for the PGA Tour, and. It, it has kind of shown in his play. I mean, he is he's played well on on Thursdays. I mean, he's played poorly on Thursdays and Sundays, played well on Fridays <clears> and Saturdays. And, you know, I, I think that the media that he's dealing with leading up to these tournaments, answering questions, yeah. and then, you know, I think it falls heavy on him. Uh, Brooks Kepka, uh, yeah. who won okay. the PGA. I, I've got to stop you because we're up against the clock. No, 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 it's all good. Yeah. But, no. I'm going to be in a couple of pools. Tell me the one golfer I have to have in my pool that'll help me win uh, win the big money. Who who is that, Mike Martin? Scotty Scheffler. Scotty Scheffler. That's who I'm going to have then for sure. Mike, but, hey, hold up, hold up. But if depending on where you are in your pool and you get to pick or how yeah. it works, Max Homa would be my number two. Okay. Really? So, yeah. Plus twenty eight hundred. Yeah. I love it. That's how you win money. Mike Martin. <laughs> Be good, brother. I love it, man. Thank you so much. Hey, and uh, look. We, we, we Father's Day. Here regular. Father's Day yeah. week. Yeah, that's the beauty of the U.S. Open. Yeah. The U.S. Open always well, finishes on Father's, Father's Day. Day Sunday. I love it's it. Beautiful. Well, Be thank good. you so much, my friend. Yeah, man. Uh, let's play the birthday game. We'll come back and wrap up the hour right after that. Today is Tuesday, June the 13th in the year of the Lord, 2023. It is now time to play the birthday game. Uh, it's that game that uh, it's been a fun one so far here in June. That's for doggone sure. I don't know if we've actually played in there. You know, uh, you know, to hit record or whatever, however messed up. I'm not going to keep beating myself up over that, John Dawson. I'm, I'm, I, I'm trying to learn to love myself and forgive myself, John. It wasn't your fault. It was Steve Jobs' fault. There you go. But uh, four to four, <laughs> it's tied in every way. Birthdays, 20 to 20. Days, four to four. Uh, Jonathan Massey won yesterday on a, on a very special day of birthdays. And, uh, man, we've got another great one here today, Jonathan Massey. I look forward to winning. <laughs> I just spit on my computer. What the hell was that? Did you see that? You're it just goes out back. over the air, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Have you noticed that the older you get <laughs> It's like it's like my saliva is looser now or something. You Dude, know? you gotta Whereas stop. Before I, I was very capable of keeping my saliva in my mouth, 
But now, oh, I got to tell you, you know, I was telling you about a week or so ago. You don't have to. <laughs> You'll love this. So uh, our good friend Keith Spence, he's a sponsor of the show, you know, Spence Automotive and one of my dear, dear friends, okay? Mm-hmm. So we're at the Something Else show. We were just talking off the air there before we came. Mickey Weatherington, who plays uh, drums for them, yes. came on the show a couple of times. You two would either be best friends or you two would hate each other. You both are big Who, Almond Brother, uh uh, he's a big police fan. You like oh, the police? Oh, I love the police. I mean, I'm telling you. I mean, you two have all the same musical interests. Mm-hmm. But it, it was re- I, I know it's going to surprise you, but we're at a rock, sh- rock show at Roxy's, that club on Vernon Avenue. It was really loud, okay? Yeah. I mean, that's going to shock you, I know. So, uh, <laughs> Keith Spence, uh, my, my dear friend, you know, and one of my best friends on this planet, uh, was trying to talk to me and it's not like he would try to talk to me when they're between songs or something it was in his whatever best interest to yell between while the songs are being played and dude he was spraying me so much while he's talking i had to take my glasses (laughs) off a couple of times and i would be like dude you gotta stop dude i had like i did have like a napkin (laughs) one time you get john look at this i gotta show you this so he's talking, and I literally took a napkin and wiped the side of my face. I said, look, you're spitting all over the side of my face. You've got to calm down. Ew. Yeah, it was. It was a little bit. You oh, he's going to love this going out over there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. But we had a good time, man. I and mean, we didn't really talk about that. But, uh, yeah, that was a, not last, this past weekend, but a weekend ago. And Nickname is Spritzer. <laughs> Spritzer. Mm. But uh, but that's what I'm saying. I mean, I was just sitting here talking just a second ago, and I spit on my keyboard of my laptop here. It just, I don't know. I used to have a lot more control over my spittle, John Dawson. I, I got nothing. I'm not going to cut it. So <laughs> There you yeah. go. Jonathan Massey, do you have control over yours? Uh, yeah. Okay. I will say this. It, the, the future ain't looking too good for you. When I used to work, <laughs> for, the, when I used to work for the credit union, there was a guy that came in, an uh, older guy. He was in his 80s. And depending on how his health was that day, we would have to, whoever helped him that day would have to clean off their, their station because he, there would just be drool everywhere. <laughs> friend of mine in, uh, in Michigan had jury duty a few years ago, and he said an, an older gentleman on the front row of the jury, had apparent, he had some issue, and he, during testimony, your witnesses are testifying and answering questions, this guy kept belching uncontrollably. Oh, no. And he was trying to stifle it and stuff, yeah. but like, you know, so what did you do with the body then, sir? And I, you know. That's good. Okay. <sighs> so, yeah, future's not looking bright for me, is it, Jonathan? Yeah, you might want to get you a butterscotch or something. <laughs> what is it like on Family Guy? I'm thinking the, uh, bib. But uh, <laughs> Lois's dad, Mr. Pewter Schmidt. Uh, he has like those a, issues. Like yeah. a peppermint. Or yeah, a peppermint or a butterscotch, I believe. Yeah, yeah, like a Werther's original. Well, I believe that's what it was, was a Werther's <laughs> original. There you go. Okay. Kids, look that up. You'll know what we're talking about. Okay. Uh, Jonathan Massey, you won yesterday 3-2 to two every game we have had. We've had eight games here in June so far. Every one of them have finished 3-2. to two. It's just been amazing. Uh, Jonathan Massey, you won yesterday 3-2. to two. Why don't you tell us about Goeco Office Automation? Oh, Goeco Office Automation, nestled right here in Kinston, North Carolina, uh, headed up by Jacques Pasolig. He's uh, he's slung out some incredible uh, office automation equipment, much like that Canon MF420 copy over there that has probably had tens, if not hundreds of thousands of copies run through it. I did the math. I was trying to figure it out because I was thinking that we did about, let's say, 5,000 a tournament. 
okay? Because mm-hmm. we do about uh, 100 a game, 100, 150 a game on average, maybe a little bit less. Let's say 100. And there's always 26, 27 games, so that's 2,700 copies per year. We use it for five years, so that's uh, about 13,000, 14,000 copies. I was told there would be no math, Brian. <laughs> Hey, aren't you impressed with my math abilities there, though, that I was able to do that? Sure. Probably close to 15000 altogether, and not counting what I use it for during the rest of the year, dude. Yeah. So we're looking at north of 20000 probably. Yeah. Um, and it, it's held up. It hasn't missed a beat. There's been two very minor issues that Jock uh, gleefully came over and fixed, uh, both of which are Brian's fault. We're not going to talk about that baloney, but um, <laughs> that's what it was. Uh, but Jock, his whole staff, they're very helpful. They they put the client first. And if you want to get that kind of help and uh, equipment, you need to give Jock a call. Well, John, how would you do that? I would use a phone, Brian. <laughs> do you have the number, John Dawson? No, but I believe Massey does. Do you, Massey? What is that number? I don't want to give it to you now. <laughs> I 252 286 286 53 or you can visit his website at Goeco. Uh, mess myself up there. Visit his website at or what is There you go. So, uh, Jonathan Massey, you get to go first. 72. <laughs> Way off. Okay. Uh, he is the lead singer of this band. Is that Weezer? It is Weezer. Lead singer John Dawson. Don't know his name. Really? It's uh, well, I had. To and I actually, up. I met him in a club in New Jersey <laughs> once, and I cannot remember his name. Rivers Cuomo. There you go. Rivers Cuomo. I actually like Weezer. I mean, I'm not saying I'm a super fan, but they've got five or six songs that I like. Mm-hmm. That uh, what is it you say? I would be a greatest hits fan of theirs. I Probably. Mean, I wouldn't know yeah. all their songs, but I mean, I know their their big hits for sure. More your generation though, Jonathan Massey. Are yeah. you a Weezer fan? Yeah. About like you, like yeah. a greatest hits fan. Yeah, and this is a good song. I like "Say It Ain't So." That's a good song. Uh, uh, Buddy Holly. So. Oh, oh. Yeah, I do like that. That's a good one. Um, Beverly but, Hills. God, I got to play a little bit of Beverly Hills. See, and I don't. That's one I'm not that big of a fan of. It's really? fine. I know it, but. You know this, don't you, John? Yes. Yeah. You don't look like you're a fan. I, I don't mind it. Yeah. It's okay. But that's Rivers Cuomo you're listening to sing right there. Uh, Jonathan Massey, how old today is Rivers Cuomo? Uh, 46. You say 46. What do you say, John Dawson? 47. He was born June the 13th in the year of Lord 1970. That's where I want to be. Uh, so he's 53. So congratulations, John Dawson. You get it. You lead one to nothing. You want me to just play this under the rest of the show since it's our only musical hint of the show? I would rather staple my lip to my forehead, Brian. Where's Which one? that from? No, 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 no. What is that? That's from a movie. I think Chevy Chase said it's if I woke up with my head stapled to the carpet. That's what it is. Yeah, there you go. Okay. Are you guys, that's our only musical hint of the show. Dang it. Yeah, I know. A little disappointed uh, myself. Doggone it. Okay, uh, but you lead one to nothing. That goes to you. No, it goes to you, John Dawson. I'm so conflicted about this next birthday or about this next person. 
Uh, I liked him when he was on Home Improvement, and he was uh, head. You know, Tim the can, Tool. Can man, I head this Alan? No, no, no. Let off? me say my part first. Because yours you is yours. you do this every year, and you know you're saying something that's not right just to get me going. Well, you know, he's you haven't real, seen the other show, so you I've don't seen know. Seen bits and pieces. Oh, <laughs> get out of town! <laughs> I forgot about this, and now I remember. Yeah, I mean, he pushes a right wing agenda on his show. No, he and uh, it just it bothers me. I mean, it's, you're right. It's a it's a show full of just right wing right wing extremists and propaganda. Yeah, I mean, yeah. they don't have anything from the left on the show yeah. at all. It bothers me. They so everybody least... listening, Brian and Massey are massive Democrats. So just so you know, <laughs> I'm not a Democrat. I'm actually a card carrying libertarian. Well, no, you're you're upset with him. You think he's a Republican, and you're upset. So yes, you're I, I think he just tries to push his political agenda, you know. And you haven't seen it's Tim Allen, by the way. You haven't seen ninety seconds of the show you're talking about. <laughs> I've seen bits and pieces of it, which yeah. total maybe Isn't ninety his seconds. Wife, like, uh, what is his wife's name on that show? I mean, in real life, it's I don't know. <sighs> Nancy Travis plays Nancy his wife Travis. On the show. Yeah, that's who. It, that's what I'm saying. But I'll take the bait. No, it's not. He he is a conservative character surrounded by 25 liberal characters on the show. People lose their mind that there's one out of 30 people on there. Well, it, there should not be any. I'm joking. <laughs> so all you Republicans out there, you remember that when Brian Hanks, anyway. <laughs> I'm not running for any office, although they're trying to get me to run. Have I told you oh, that? Oh, jeez. Yeah, they. I'll tell you what. If any if any Republicans want to have a conversation with me, I'm I'm more than welcome. It. Also, coincidentally, if any Democrats want to have a conversation <laughs> with me, I'm more than welcome. It. You're as libertarian as I am over there. Uh, Can I say what I really think about both of them? No, because okay. we don't want to give John more work to do here. So okay. uh, I got to tell I got to tell you this, uh, Miss Mazingo, Evelyn Mazingo over at Ryder Florist. Mm-hmm. I I know her pretty well. I'll order flowers from her every once in a while to send to you know Hot Linda and. Uh, She's a sweetheart. I love Miss Mazingo. Evidently, Miss Mazingo cornered, I think, Scott or somebody, and I had no idea she was going to, and told him that I should run for city council mm-hmm. and that she would vote for me if I ran. And I had, I was, stroke the old ego a little bit there, uh, John Dawson and Jonathan Maskey. You go right ahead. I'm not, I love what you have told me, and I have told other people this, too. It's kind of good being liked by everybody, because I am right now, you know I mean? The Democrats like me. The Republicans like me. Uh, I don't know about the Libertarians, which, by the way, I'm a member of the Libertarian Party. But anyway, but it's like you said, if you run, one, 50% are going to automatically hate you, and the other 50% are going to. Well, people wonder why Johnny Carson was massively successful for three decades. When he was talented, he realized that that show was a slow burn, and you don't come out like a maniac. And he also was smart enough when he made political jokes, he made jokes about both sides. And that's what made Saturday Night Live so good back in the day, too. Remember, it was they did make fun of both sides. And yeah, I mean, they were kind. Of, you could tell they were probably a liberal bent, but they yeah. would make fun of both sides. But yeah. you know. speaking of jokes, um, did you see Joe Biden fall down at that commencement? Do you know where that was? Where? The Air Force Academy. No. Yeah. And he turned around and started pointing at something. I tripped, and there was there was nothing there. He was pointing at the ground. He tripped over the ground. This is not the second president's made a fool of themselves at an Air Force commencement. Trump groped a baseball player. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
and then Biden trips over air. Yeah. There you go. Hey, we make fun of everybody on this show, John Dawson. Well, I do. Apparently, you don't. You, you don't well, like Tim Allen. Except for Tim Allen. Tim Allen just pushes his agenda too much, John. But how old is Tim Allen? He today? also tried to push cocaine a little too much. <laughs> he did. And went give to jail me, for give it. Give me an example of him pushing his agenda. I Brian. don't know. It's just what I've been told. <laughs> so you haven't seen it. Okay, that's what I thought. At least I'm honest about it. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Tim Allen. I always like, I loved him on Home Improvement. That, I, that got on my nerves. Really? The, the grunting. Well, really? see, his new show's got Hector Elizondo, and I would I love Hector. He's great. So. He was good in uh, Pretty uh, uh, Pretty Woman. Yes. Yeah, he was. Uh, he's great in every, even if, the, what, even if the project is bad, he's good in it, whatever there it is. There you go. Tim Allen, that right-wing conservative tim allen i'm just saying this try to get under your skin is it working well now you're making people think i'm a conservative and i'm no, not you're not you but are you're, a but centrist you're, but you're, you're a moderate but you're for no reason ticking off your republican listeners i'm doing it just to try to be funny hey mm. listeners i'm trying to be funny good luck they've already turned away great tim allen how old is he today uh, 68 you say 68 what do you say jonathan massey <laughs> 69 if only, no, nah, he was born June the 13th, 1953, so he is 70 today. He is a big 7-0. So, uh, who got Rivers Cuomo? Oh, oh he, I, he did. Did. I did. I did. I <laughs> did. Both you guys shrugged your shoulders simultaneously. <laughs> that I, well, I mean, it was 15 minutes ago. I can't <laughs> remember. It's one-to-one. One. Yeah, you're right. We do need to hurry. It goes back to you here. Massey, he was John Boy Walton, but he's done a bunch of other stuff, too. He was in Ozark, and he was amazing. He was in, in Billions. Was he? Playing a it? very un-John Boy-like John is Thomas. Richard Thomas. Richard Thomas. Yep. Yeah. Two first names. You can never go wrong. But uh, he was awesome. Did you see Ozark? You did, right, Jonathan? No. Mm-mm. Oh, man, he's good in Ozark and a very un-John Boy-like character in... In, uh, in Billions, he play. I'll, I'll show you a scene. He loves his blanking pancakes. I'll just leave it at that. He curses? Yes. Like a John Boy. With with uh, prejudice, when, yes. When, when, did, when did that show come out, The Waltons? Oh, God. Early 70s, 70s up through the 80s. Yeah. Was he like the oldest kid, youngest kid? Uh, he was... Oldest kid. Yeah, he was the oldest of the children. But remember, it'd be like, "Good night, Mary Ellen. Good night, night John. John Boy." Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Richard Thomas over there, Jonathan Massey. How old is he today? <sighs> I watched In Cold Blood for the first time a few years ago, and the guy that played Grandpa on The Waltons played the attorney in In Cold Blood, the Truman Capote book. One of my top ten favorite movies. If you oh, have wow. I have not seen it. Seventy. You say 70. I know what you were trying. No, he is not 70, Jonathan Massey. Worth a trying shot. To get, it was worth a shot. How old today is John Boy Walton over there, John Dawson? John Boy Dawson? <laughs> hey, John Boy Massey and John Boy Dawson. <laughs> you hate you hate John. That is so funny. You I hate being called John. I, my mom hates it. That's what it is. Yeah, his mom hates it. Yeah, you ever call him John? His name is Jonathan. Well, my name is Jonathan, too. I don't think my mom cared for John, but that's just kind of how it went. There you go. John Boy. How old is John Boy Walton? 71. He was born June the 13th in the year of the Lord, 1951. So he's 72 today. Congratulations, John Dawson. You get that. You lead two to one. It goes back to you. He's a two-term governor of the great state of North Carolina. Currently in office right now, it's Governor Roy Cooper. 
Today is Roy Cooper's birthday. One of the best governors we've had in uh, in a long, long time in the state of North Carolina. Right, John? Whatever you say, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> right, Jonathan? You know, Brian, I feel like you're trying to push your agenda. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Roy Cooper, how old is he today, uh, John? Uh, yeah, John Dawson, it's your turn. Roy Cooper, and give him a letter grade, A to F. What would you give Roy Cooper as governor of the great state of North Carolina? I have no business commenting on politics, Brian. <laughs> I love it. What about you, Jonathan? Oh, easy. Uh, all politicians get an F. The government is a is a greedy piglet sucking at the teat of the taxpayer. Good Lord. What's that character's name on Parks and Recreation? That's where I got it from. Yeah, there you go. What's his name, though? Ron Swanson. Ron Swanson. There you go. I have been. I've never. I don't. I've never sat and watched an episode <laughs> of that from start to finish. But they have so many reels of him, you know, on uh, Facebook, awesome. and it's just of him. So I don't have to watch the rest of the crappy show. But he is really funny, dude. So he's saying the show's crappy, and he hasn't seen the show. Well, just so uh, you know, there everybody. you go. Roy Cooper. Who? It's uh, you, John Dawson. How old is Roy Cooper today? Seventy-two. You say seventy-two. What do you say, Jonathan Massey? Seventy-one. We go again. June. He was born June the thirteenth, nineteen fifty-seven. He's sixty-six today. It's two to two again. <laughs> going, and I, I'm going to go ahead and call it for uh, Jonathan over here because I probably should have got a better person to do our final birthday i have a feeling it's not a carolina panther but it's not far from it jonathan massey he's captain america in the marvel cinematic universe it's oh chris evans oh geez so, why don't you just ask him his daughter's birthday yeah <laughs> when's your birth your daughter's birthday uh, oh, Lord. <laughs> he'll know chris evans and not know no, Maris's august, birthday i know you august know. 28th uh chris evans how old is he today there jonathan massey the, the wacky part is I actually don't know. I thought I remembered last year you may be getting this one right on the nose. It was probably one of the Hemsworths. I, probably. Well, it was a Chris. There's so many Chris. There's Chris Pratt, Chris There's Evans, Chris Hemsworth. There's another Chris. There's at least four, I thought. Crisscross, applesauce. Wow. Jump, jump. Everybody jump. <laughs> jump, jump. I regret that immediately. <laughs> um... Be play, I'll play it while you're no, 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 Please no, no, say no, no. a number. Uh, 43. You say 43. What do you say, John Dawson, for the win or the loss right here? 42. I'm proud of you, John Dawson. You got it right on the nose. Captain America, Chris Evans, born on this day, June the 13th. And the year of Lord 1981, he is 42. You win three to two, another three to two score. You lead five days to four local birthdays. One of my favorite people in this town, Kenston Police Department Sergeant John Hewitt. Super cool guy, man. In fact, if you see the picture of Jerry Stackhouse and the rest of the, oh God, uh, 1991, I think uh, 91 or the 92 uh, Kenston basketball team. You look at the guy down there on the it's Jerry Jerry Stackhouse in the middle. They went to the state championship. But you look at the guy standing at the very end, it's a manager on the team. Guess who it is, John Dawson? Uh Ron Wood. <laughs> no. Oh. Nope. 
No, it's uh, Sergeant John Hewitt. Happy birthday to him. If today's your birthday, have a great uh, birthday. Thank you again so much to uh, our guests here today. Still sitting across from me in all his glory right now. It's our good friend Mike Martin. Uh, we've got an announcement we're going to make tomorrow uh, about him joining our show. And then uh, Richard Clark in our first hour. Tomorrow, uh, we are going to have a great show for you. Listen, have a great... We've got uh, Linda Rouse Sutton coming up later on this week. We've got uh, Paul Whittington, Shane Albee, the rest of the regular crew. Have a great Tuesday. We'll see you tomorrow on The Brian Hanks Show, presented by Lenore Community College.